Chapter Eleven of More About Pixie by Mrs. George Dehorn Vesey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Esmeralda checkmated. Three days after Christmas, Esmeralda and her husband returned to Ireland, scattering invitations severally and in bulk to all the inhabitants of Number Three Rutland Road. Even Sylvia found herself invited for a long visit and was the more surprised at this mark of favour because mrs hilliard's demeanour towards her was tinged with jealousy and uneasy suspicion she was willing enough to play lady bountiful present offerings of fruit and flowers and be gushingly sympathetic but she liked to monopolise the whole attention of her sisters and was not well pleased when they in their turn hung about the invalid's couch she had not been an hour in the same room moreover before she had intercepted one of jack's most melting glances and the stare of the great grey eyes left no doubt as to the disapproval with which she viewed the flirtation sylvia's annoyance converted her into a very hedgehog of dignity and the prickly quills kept the young fellow at such a distance that he lost faith in his own fascinations for the first and only time in his career he bade esmeralda an affectionate farewell but was in truth well resigned to her departure a fact which she was quite sharp enough to discover jack is pleased that i am going away she said to bridgie as the two sisters sat together for the last confidential chat he knows that i watch him flirting with sylvia trevor and thinks he will get on better without me you really ought to be careful bridgie and not let them be too much together does he flirt with her not more than he does with every other girl said bridgie leniently i don't see why i should worry myself about it sylvia is a sensible girl who is not given to fancying that every man is in love with her and jack is just a dear soft-hearted boy who can't help making pretty speeches but he would never make serious love if he did not mean it and if he did well why not sylvia as well as any one else but mrs geoffrey hilliard was not to be so easily appeased she threw back her haughty head lowered languid eyelids and drawled out my dear bridgie remember whom you are speaking about jack is the head of the family he's o'shaughnessy of knock eventually as we hope and believe he will go back to take up his own position and thanks to jeff the property will be in a very different condition from what it was when he left he must make a marriage which will be a help not a hindrance and who is she answer me that what do you know about her she is a dear girl she's very attractive her father is abroad she lives with an old aunt exactly a pleasant girl in a london suburb esmeralda's voice was full of ineffable condescension there are thousands of them and no doubt they are charming in their way but not for jack he owes a duty to the family as well as himself and you ought to tell him as much you really ought bridgie speak to him at once before it goes too far 
suppose you speak to him yourself when you are so hot upon it it's a pity to leave it to me no i'd rather not jack is so stupid about taking advice he would snap my nose off if i said anything i really don't see why my nose is not as valuable as yours why should i do your disagreeable work for you retorted bridgie with spirit you did not know that geoffrey was a rich man when you promised to marry him and it's the last thing i would think of myself so why should we expect any more of jack i am not going to interfere whatever happens and if you take my advice you won't mention sylvia's name to him i don't intend to but esmeralda shut her lips tightly over an unspoken determination there are more ways than one of nipping in the bud an incipient love affair but she did not care about confiding her latest inspiration to any hearer least of all bridgie who would have given up her most cherished plans rather than hurt the feelings of a fellow-creature she changed the subject and talked lightly on impersonal topics until the moment of parting drew near when there came a sudden softening over the beautiful face and she said in gentle diffident tones i didn't like to ask before but i can't leave without knowing darling have you heard bridgie shook her head mutely and the lines which pixie had noticed deepened round her eyes and mouth but the eyes smiled still a brave steady smile i never shall hear now joan i've made up my mind to that i don't know how you bear it i can't think how you manage to be so composed and cheerful if jeff had treated me like that it would have soured me for life you were never sour from the first and and now you seem quite happy yet as pixie says you have a pathetic look which shows that you have not really forgotten you still care bridgie dear i shall always care said bridgie quietly there's an ache at the back of my heart but there are so many things at the front that it gets crowded out besides you know esmeralda darling i don't want to seem to praise myself but it's a trouble which god has sent me and i ask him every night to help me bear it in the right way it wouldn't be the right way to let the shadow of it darken other lives besides my own if i moped and grizzled every one in the house would be uncomfortable and they have their own worries poor creatures without suffering for mine i made an excellent rule for my own benefit to laugh downstairs and cry in my own room and it answers beautifully for i'm so tired when i get to bed then i've no sooner begun repining than i wake up and find it's morning you try it dear when you've got a worry you'll find it splendid esmeralda shook her head not for me what i feel i must show and sooner than i feel it if that is possible if i tried to bottle up my feelings it would make me ill and the explosion would be all the greater when it did come my only chance is to get over it as soon as possible but in your case it is a long slow suspense which is worse than any definite trouble you are an angel dear to bear it as you do it's mysterious that it should have come to you and not me for you don't need discipline and i who was always the naughty one have got all that i want geoffrey and home and 
the dear little boy you must come soon bridgie to see the boy he will be getting teeth and all sorts of luxuries and his godmother ought to be there to look after him esmeralda rose and strolled over to the glass to arrange her hat and pin on a filmy veil i must go downstairs now and say good-bye to miss trevor don't hurry dear if you have anything to do we won't leave for a quarter of an hour still unsuspecting bridgie trotted away to the kitchen to give some orders while esmeralda sailed into the drawing-room all smiles and amiability a peal of laughter greeted her ears as she entered and there sat pixie perched on the end of the sofa with her hands clasped round her knees and her chin poked forward enjoying to the full the discovery of a new audience who was apparently as much interested in the sayings and doings of the o'shaughnessy family as she was herself both girls looked up as the rustle of silks heralded mrs hilliard's approach but while the younger remained serenely composed sylvia's lips tightened and her eyes gave out an ominous flash it was as if she felt an antagonistic spirit in the air and braced herself for the conflict yet nothing could have been more friendly than esmeralda's smile more cordial than her voice i told bridgie i must really have ten minutes for a farewell chat with you before i go it has been so pleasant to have you here and i hope we shall soon meet again has pixie been amusing you while we were upstairs come down from that couch child you must be quite cramped i am here so you need not mount guard any longer i'm very comfortable where i am said pixie easily she laid her head on one side and stared at her sister with large innocent eyes which seemed strangely disconcerting to that young lady's composure she frowned and snapped a bracelet together with quite a vicious snap but you are too old for such inelegant positions you are almost grown up now and must learn how to behave for goodness sake get up before jeff sees you he is so very particular about nice behaviour in girls twas a bad relapse for him when he married you muttered pixie beneath her breath she straightened herself slowly and let her feet slip to the ground but esmeralda realized that nothing but a direct request would convince her of the extraordinary fact that her absence was for once more desired than her presence for obvious reasons such a request could not be made and as the time was quickly passing nothing remained but to clothe her hints even more circumspectly than she had intended i am so glad that your foot is really getting better she said graciously to sylvia bridgie says the nurse is so pleased with its progress the last few days you will be able to walk about soon and then if you feel inclined for a change we shall be so pleased if you will come over to visit us it is quiet at knock but i would drive you about and the air is so delightful that i am sure it would do you good you will hear all about the place from pixie so that it would not feel strange to you when you arrived and we have a few nice friends within driving distance she would like molly burrell wouldn't she pixie that's a young girl who lives seven miles from us at knock but we think nothing of that distance in the country she was always over at the castle before jack went away and we used to say she felt like another sister 
you remember how he used to drive over in the cart and bring her back to surprise us i do so and the afternoon when she went shopping into the post office as they drove through the village and tim hegan came up and began bidding for the old grey mare and with that jack took him into the cart and drove over to the farm and never a thought of poor molly until the evening when she cut him dead limping home through the mud twas a cruel thing to do and the poor creature putting on new boots for the occasion to do him honour says jack i've done for myself this time it would take a cleverer man than myself to twist that into a compliment oh that's an old world story cried esmeralda with her head in the air her cheeks had flushed despite her efforts for composure and she was uncomfortably conscious that sylvia was trying to restrain a smile at this most open contradiction of the implied attachment between jack and his irish neighbour her irritation urged her to stronger measures and she said testily it proves how little dependence can be placed upon jack's promises if he could forget molly it is no wonder that he changes his mind every other day but they made up that quarrel ages ago and he was over there shooting in september and squiring her all over the county you should not tell tales out of school pixie was it me i thought it was yourself you began saying that they were such friends and i thought maybe it would amuse sylvia to hear so it does pixie it amuses me extremely assented sylvia with an intentional emphasis which made esmeralda wince once more for however innocent the little sister might be she felt convinced that sylvia trevor thoroughly understood her implied warning and was by no means docile in her manner of receiving it she sat up stiff and erect smiling into space with an expression of scornful superiority which filled the beholder with unwilling admiration in just such a spirit would she herself have accepted interference from the lips of a stranger she recognized a kindred spirit and realized that putting jack out of the question miss sylvia trevor would be a friend after her own heart the repeated invitation had in it a note of sincerity which had been wanting in the earlier rendering but sylvia only murmured thank you in a politely non-committal manner and shrank back so decidedly from the proffered kiss that there was no choice but to substitute a formal handshake in its stead the sisters drove off together to the station and sylvia was left alone to relieve pent-up irritation by making one impetuous resolve after another to replace each the following moment by one diametrically different thank goodness she has gone at last i can't think how i ever could have liked her i think i dislike her more than any one i ever met how dare she interfere with me how dare she imply that i want to monopolize her precious brother i shall never speak to him again as long as i live i shall go home to-morrow and take good care that i never come across when he is likely to be at home perhaps she has warned him too as if he were not conceited enough already he is worth a dozen of her all the same and is far nicer than i thought at first it's perfectly absurd to think a man and a girl cannot be in the same house for a week without falling in love with each other i won't condescend to take the faintest notice of her insinuations i shall be as nice as i like 
and give up snubbing him from this minute he can be engaged to fifty molly burrells if he likes that's no reason why i should not treat him civilly in the hours which elapsed before the return of the sisters she had had time to change her mind a dozen times over to write letters to aunt margaret and burn them in the fire to invent scathing sarcasms by which poor jack was to be reduced to a condition of hopeless subjection and rehearse melting scenes when her womanly sympathy would soothe ruffled spirits and restore him to calm all uncertainty as to her conduct was however removed by the first glance at jack's face when he returned home in the evening for it bore the unmistakable marks of real anxiety and the weary sigh with which he sank into his chair was something new to his vigorous manhood bridgie bustled in with the tea which always awaited his coming kissed him lightly and hurried away to finish some letters pixie sat hunched up before the fire devouring a book and jack pushed his chair nearer sylvia's couch staring at her in a dumb melancholy fashion which had in it something singularly beguiling despite his great height and muscular form he looked so helpless and appealing like a nice child who has lost a toy or a big collie dog which turns pathetic eyes towards his master's face sylvia smiled involuntarily but it was a very friendly smile and her voice had lost its mocking tone as she inquired well what's the trouble jack put his cup on the table and leant towards her his elbows resting on his knees his chin supported on clasped hands pixie read on undisturbed soft gurgles of laughter marking her enjoyment of sensational passages i've had a blow said jack ghastly disappointment this is the day when the firm announces the various arrangements for the year increases in salary and so on i quite understood that i should come in for a substantial rise if not a junior partnership it was talked about when i joined four years back and as nothing was done last january i made a certainty of it coming off now instead of that i get nothing nothing no advance at all upon the payment of the last two years i had it out with the partners this afternoon and they seemed to think i had done unusually well they implied that it was a piece of pure imagination on my part to have expected to be taken into the firm but i know nothing about business except what i've read but is it not usual to have something written a definite agreement which settles things without the possibility of argument if you joined this firm with the idea of being made a partner was not an agreement written down in black and white jack waved his hand in airy dissent no there was nothing definite but we talked it over the old fellow certainly held out hopes for the future i made so sure of a partnership that we took this house in the prospect of being able to pay for it out of my increased earnings it's too expensive as it is for people brought up as we have been i'm the most practical of the bundle and with care and attention can make half a crown go almost as far as an englishman's shilling but bridgie bless her wears herself out saving pennies and throws away pounds with the best in my father's time there was never any money to trouble about so she got into the way of ordering things without thinking what they would cost and it's a difficult plan to forsake 
she's done her best poor creature i wouldn't blame her for the world and and will you have to leave the house sylvia's heart sank drearily at the prospect what if the o'shaughnessys flitted away to a suburb at the opposite end of the city and number three rutland road was deserted once more or tenanted by an ordinary commonplace family such as inhabited every other villa in the neighbourhood after the sweet friendship of bridgie the fascinations of jack the audacities of the two boys the witcheries of pixie and last but not least the incursions of esmeralda exasperating but to the last degree romantic and beautiful sylvia felt a shudder of distaste at the thought of a stout mamma and papa one baby in a perambulator another in a mail-cart and a graduated line of schoolboys and girls sallying forth daily to their appointed tasks oh i'm so sorry you will have to leave she sighed and jack smiled at her in grateful acknowledgment of her regret i'm glad you are sorry but i don't intend to leave we've been here only four months and i can't face another removal for many reasons we will have to squeeze along somehow until things look up a crop of bills have come in during the last few days to make matters worse and i will have to talk things over with bridgie to-night i hate to worry her but there must be some system or we shall find ourselves in the workhouse some fine day and now there is the child to think of she will be an extra expense sylvia glanced quickly across the room at the figure in the depths of the armchair she sat motionless her head bent over her book but pixie was one of those intensely alive little creatures who seemed to infect their very surroundings with vitality it seemed to sylvia that the pages fluttered in agitated fashion the bow of ribbon holding back her hair seemed of a sudden to stand out at attention the knotted ends looked like two alert curious ears at the back of her head how much had pixie heard End of chapter 11